0: Hello, everyone. I'm Susan Hopkins, and welcome back to The self reg Show. I am really excited to you to be here today with Kim Smith and to be talking uh, about schools and self reg and schools, and, and particularly with a focus on leadership. And you're all in for a real treat because whenever I think, I was just telling you offline here, Kim, whenever I think about um, whole school. Whenever anybody asks about whole school ideas and how do I bring in change and how do you know how do I do this, uh, you come to mind. You, you're always top of the list, and, and that's that's a strange thing to say because I have there are so many self reg leaders, uh, school leaders that I hold in high esteem, and rightly so. Some have been on the podcast, will be on the podcast, but you're kind of in a bit of a unique position. There's something unique about about you, and I'll let you uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and, and maybe feed into a little bit of that, but there's something unique about you that, that adds a real dimension to thinking about self-reg in schools. So welcome, welcome. And hi, are you happy to be here? (laughs) I am very happy to be here. I'm always
1: happy to see you, but also, um, I'm always excited to talk about self-reg because it's been a big part of what I've been doing since, almost since you started, um, so it's, yeah. it's a huge impact on me, both personally and professionally. I tell people that all the time, but yes, I'm very happy to be here.
0: <laughs> well, and it's dark out both of our windows and you've mm-hmm. been in a school all day today. So mm-hmm. that yes. just shows you uh, the commitment and, and, your, and your willingness to be here. So I'm just super happy mm-hmm. about that. Kim, can you tell uh, the listeners and the viewers? So we have a bit of both, a little bit about yourself. Sure.
1: I have been a principal for uh, 24 years. Four years ago, I retired, but I continue to work in schools um, to fill in vacancies and to um, support principals um, when they're returning from illness or or anything like that. But um, so I continue to be a principal. It's very nice to be able to choose when and where, but um, I still love it. Um, get lots of joy out of it being in a school. I also um, am an e-learning facilitator and I do some speaking for the Merit Center. I love that. And I'm also um, a professor at Niagara University in their um, uh, teacher's college. And i um, um, it's another wonderful place where I can start, uh, share self-reg for people who are just uh, just starting out. So um, I have a variety of roles, all where I'm able to dig into self-reg and share its impact and importance. So it's um, lots of fun things.
0: So what got you into education in the first place? So What made you want to become a teacher?
1: Well, I'm initially, it wasn't so much that I wanted to be a teacher, it was my dad thought I should be a teacher. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I think I did all the things that um, people who eventually become teachers do, I think lining up your dolls or your stuffed toys or whatever and pretend to teach them. Um, and so I did all of that. And and um, I think my dad just saw something in me that that um, uh, he he pushed me and I listened, and um, have loved it. Have had a wonderful career. It's definitely it's hard work, um, but there are so many rewards, and it really has been um, a passion. And I'm very thankful for for having that.
0: Four so. years is a mm-hmm. lot of years. So, mm-hmm. and and I laugh every time you tell me that you're retired because I don't <laughs> think I ever speak to you or connect to you. I mean we, we we connect in all kinds of different ways. I guess. That you're not in working somewhere full time and then some, you know, and facilitating yeah. courses for us and speaking, yeah. you know, talk, speaking engagements and all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. when I think back now, I, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I might be. Um, but I believe I re- I know we first met online. I believe we first met online in courses. Um, but I seem to recall you coming to one of our early symposiums and, yeah, was, and meeting uh, I... you with... With Kathy Lethbridge, and actually thinking you were had come together, mm-hmm. um, but you 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 you'd connected there and and become fast friends, and it was mm-hmm. like you you came. I'm not sure what what brought you to the symposium in the first place, but like you got the bug. I have a little mm-hmm. bit of a, a recollection of that. Maybe our second symposium, something like that. It was the
1: first one, and I had just read, uh, Calm, Alert and Learning." and um, somebody told me about it and so um, came to the first one met Kathy and yes over the years we've we've um, developed a really nice friendship but also an understanding that we do things in a very similar way so it was no surprise that that we connected early on in the um self-reg journey. And I think she was, she was a little bit ahead of me in that she was incorporating things into her school before I was. And, um, but I, I was able to, when I started to do that, email her and say, what do you think about this? And how have you handled this? And so it was really nice to have that, um, reach out, um, and and to talk things through. So yeah, it was, it was good.
0: Yeah. And you've got, you, you have lots of similarities, but also very, you know, Mm -hmm. different ways of working, different experiences. And I mean, that Mm -hmm. just makes it richer. What, what was it about that? What drew you, do you recall what made you, what drew you to self-reg in the first place? So you read Calm Alert and Learning and what was Mm -hmm. it about that book that really jumped out for you?
1: Um, It just made so much sense to me and in a way that uh, I hadn't I hadn't felt before, and I was moving into a school that was very, very challenging, known to be one of the most challenging schools in our district, and um, in conversation with people, hearing how the behavior was unmanageable and thinking, okay, so there have been principals there who have been just as strong as me, and I know they've tried different things. There's got to be something that is different Uh, to try. And to me, this was self-reg was it. Um, It made sense. It was, it was practical. It was interesting. And, um, and so that's really what drew me to it. And then at the symposium and hearing Stuart talk, what really hit me was the hope in all of this, that um, we can be in the most challenging of situations and there is hope. And I just loved that, that positive, op- optimistic way of thinking about working in schools that were difficult or working with anything, in, in anywhere, um, and with anyone. And there was real hope that um, we yeah. could make a difference and positive things could happen and we could learn about people. And And so that's really what, what struck me about all of it.
0: And, and the hope's not just like that positive... Ooh, positive thinking. I mean, it, it, it. you have to have that too. You have to believe in mm-hmm. possibilities, but it's a science, you know, mm-hmm. it is. And the way that Stuart weaves it together, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, it, that's, it's, it's like new answers. We've been asking the same question, trying to answer it with these, you know, mm-hmm. a, a behaviorist approach or whatever, but trying our strategies to manage behavior or, you know, mm-hmm. trying to deal trauma, you know, what we're dealing with, with our, our, our young, our, our, our young people, our children and, and teens and trying all these different things. And sometimes they work and, but then when they don't, then what do we do? And when you, when you come to like a dead end, that can feel very like, you know, you just try to get through and it, this is saying there's so much more. So, so take mm-hmm. us back. What did you actually do? So you're in this kind of a tougher school. Mm-hmm. You were doing some professional learning. Cause you're like, okay, I've got to figure this out. And you're, you know, I I know that you're always doing different kinds of professional learning, because I've heard you mention that in the past, not just self-reg, there's all sorts of things you're always doing. So that was a piece of what you were doing as a leader. What what else did you, you know, people are really interested, Kim, in, okay, what do I, what can I practically do? And where do I start? Mm -hmm. And, you know, hearing somebody else's roadmap can be really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think um, the school had started with zones of regulation and I had learned so much about self-reg and could see, um, you know, zones of regulation wasn't really where we wanted to be. But you had always said, greet people from, you know, go with people from where they are. So we had a staff meeting where, um, we talked about zones of regulation, but then I took them further and introduced self-reg we made, we had fun and I always incorporated fun into it. So we made, you know, those calming bottles with, with sparkles in them and that kind of thing. And, and, um, but I introduced the science of self-reg and it is amazing to see people go, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And so we started with that because I always think that the the science is, and the way that we we um, share it through our presentations is. Something that people can understand—they—they they understand what is happening in the brain by, you know, with the models that we use and the examples and that kind of thing—and then they understand about stress. And who doesn't want to talk about stress? So that's what we started to do. And and um, when you when you go at things from a science point of view, it gives it a lot of credibility. And so people were. Were, I could see that they were willing they were hooked they were willing to to listen and to learn and then um, from there we spent a lot of time looking at stressors you know what are some of the stressors that our kids are experiencing What I learned um, because I was at this time I was just taking the foundation's courses so I was learning along with them, sharing what I was learning. Um, along the way. I did, um, a book study on calm alert and learning with our support staff. Um, so our EAs, CYWs, secretaries, and, um, we made it fun. So these are people that get paid by the hour. And so I was giving them an hour during the instructional day to sit together, to work on the book. the newest self reg book was not out yet, so that's what we started with. And we started bringing in treats for the sessions, and it became a highlight in the week. And it also gave these people who have such valuable skills but are often um, passed over, not paid attention to, not uh, given the, 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 the respect that they're due, it gave them a leadership role in the school. And they were the ones that were going in and watching kids and making suggestions about some of the stressors that they had and making some suggestions to staff. And from there, we opened the book study up to staff members and did the same kind of thing, but at um, different times. We had one online. We had one uh, at lunch. We had one after school. Uh, we always had, you know, food is so important. It was always a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we started to work through, um, what is the process? And starting on reframing, and and practicing that. Um, and one teacher, I will never forget the day that a kindergarten teacher came running down the hall and said, "I reframed his behavior, and this is what I think." And it was, it was so amazing. And we stood and talked about it. And other people wanted to hear how she did it and what she thought and what difference did it make. And so slowly but surely, it. It spread around the school. I bought resources that would be helpful. Um, We talked about other resources and then we just kept doing learning. So until the the other self-reg book, we did a book study on the deepest well, which had to do with um, you know, adverse childhood experiences and every little bit that we, and then it got to the point of where different groups were asking, you know, had found a book and wanted to do a study on that. And it wasn't just a book study. It was, it was trying out different ideas, um, talking about kids in a different way, um, redoing our staff room for ourselves, um, I guess a big piece of the learning for me was when I was in classrooms and saw a classroom that was extremely dysregulated and looking at the kids, it just all of a sudden dawned on me that I needed to pay more attention to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so we did some shifting about with, okay, we've talked a lot about our kids. Let's talk about ourselves and there was there were we were making strides in the school about how we were talking about kids and and how um, reframing gave it a different focus and you are going back to that there's no such thing as a bad kid um, that became part of what we would say to each other all the time but when we stopped and took a step back and said let's look at our own stressors it that's when I felt that we were really moving ahead so we did things like allowed each other to tap out and if there was a teacher who was really struggling in the classroom at that time then they would call for support and their partner if they were free would go in or a support staff or me or the vice principal and that was not just um an okay thing it was an encouraged thing but when the person came out there would be somebody to say okay how can we help what, what, do you just need some time? Do you need a snack? Like all the things we would go through with kids. But then we started to do some fun things with the staff, social things and redoing our staff room. And the the tone and the climate of the school was so positive because we were really looking after each other. And that was all because of the work that we were doing at self Reagan And as I said, we were sort of learning
0: yeah (laughs) flying the plane as you're as you're building it you know yeah I'm hearing a whole whole bunch of things Kim so I just want to you know I want to capture them for those that are listening uh you know one of the very first things was you you knew you had a whole school challenge Mm -hmm. um but you also knew you can only you can't thou shalt others right so how do you Mm -hmm. do it And, and it was little by little and every, you know, that, that every conversation, I mean, I I think I'm hearing that every Mm -hmm. opportunity you had, but you, you looked at the, at the assistance, it was the CYWs or the EAs?
1: Uh, It was the whole group. The, so the whole, Whole you know, we had, we had a bunch of different um, people with roles like that. And so they were all included. um, And leaders out there, I
0: want you to hear what Kim said. It was an hour during the day. And I know you don't have a lot of money. I know you. You know, there's also lots of lots of boundaries around around people's professional learning, which, which of course we respect, and and all of those things. So what? Can, so it's it's more like thinking, okay, not what I can't do, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And so you you pick this group, but then it also raises them up. You know, they're hungry for the professional learning. You brought in food, which I know everybody's hearing, like of course food. No, it, from a self-reg lens. Mm-hmm. Food is a really big part of it because it, it is part of how we make connections. We, there's lots of ways to reduce stress. It, it, it's also I often some in some of the meetings I do, I've intentionally made food be the kind of food you had to do a little bit more work for, <laughs> you know, because, you know, getting your own slice of banana bread or whatever, those sorts of things, it allowed people to engage. So there's there are other layers to it. And you're saying you made it fun. It was intentionally a safe. Uh, You haven't necessarily shared any specific activities, but I think what I'm hearing is it was very interactive. Mm -hmm. There was some, some, some science and then chances to practice it. And then validating every chance for it to be used in practice out in the school and seeing, you know, almost there as a co-learner. I mean, I think you said that right from the beginning, then it starts to have this sort of it's catching on and others are interested. You're, you're looking for pockets I'm assuming that your your book studies were volunteer and it just kept bringing in more and more people. And then they're like, hey, (laughs) it's a bit like, um, you know, trying to understand what the other person has and and what more that they can learn. So the tap out is a neat one, too. Um, I'm just going to raise for others. The thing that Kim didn't say, but if you listen to it through her story, uh, she she said that she wanted it to be seen as a positive thing. That means we're we're not just taking the judgment away from that, which is a pro-social stress and stuff, right, Greg. Right? We feel like if I ask you to help me, that means I can't handle it. No, that means it's the opposite. It's a strength. It's like saying, whoa, you know, I I can just feel that I'm it's not working for me with this child right now, where I can feel, you know, some my temperature rising if you want to just be simple. So it's a strength that like there were so many good things in, in just what you shared. And and the magic is that you began to see some of the shifts happen and in, in yeah, like it's school culture shift is what you're mm-hmm. what you're seeing happening. Completely. Happen. Yeah. Completely.
1: I mean we did some Uh, We had we we created um, a team, so we had a self-reg team that would sort of, um, and we actually used the radar tool to plan. You know, where are we? Where do we want to be? And going through the steps, and so we would revisit that to say, okay, let's try this. And you know, one of the wonderful things about learning with your team is that they have great ideas that you've never thought of, and and so there was lots of lots of that happening. Um, we, we set up different spaces. So we had a, two calming rooms in the school and we were fortunate that the school had declined a little bit in enrollment. So we had these spaces and, and the other thing that I can say is that other than purchasing the books, I didn't spend any money Um, on releasing people. We did it during the day. We had, and this wasn't just a sort of a deciding, you know, me saying, okay, this is when we're going to do it. It was talking at a staff meeting saying, we'd really like to work with this group. We'd really like it to be during the instructional day. How can we make that happen? Because there would be calls about kids having Uh, difficulty leaving the classroom those kind of things all the time and so it was a real commitment on the staff to support this group to do this learning at this time and they would take care of the other things even if it meant you know changing some of the things that they were doing so that that was very very helpful but everything that we did was strategic was pers- uh, purposeful would be sharing and talking and, and problem solving and planning with the staff and uh, because we didn't have a lot of money um, we didn't have money to nor did we have the the staff even if we had money to bring in um supply eas and whatever there were not available so yeah. we had to do this with the staff one of the fun activities that we did was in our um, year-end mm-hmm. staff meeting, we were looking at um, step five in that restorative piece because we were the following year going to put some restorative activities into our our calendar every month for our older kids. And so we wanted to do that with the staff. So we did a car rally around our community. And um, they had, it was had a self-reg focus, mostly with where uh, find a place that is restorative to you take a picture um, spend some time there talk about why it's restorative and um, and share it with other people so we had people moving all around the community then we met together at a park and had lunch and um, had somebody come and do yoga had some of those big outdoor games to play um, because and then we went back to the school and planned all right so what does our restorative piece look like for our kids because so many of our kids don't understand they're on screens or, or whatever. So um, the following year we brought in once a month um, activities that kids could choose from. So swimming, skating, um, what else? Cooking, music, uh, pottery. And they, they got to choose and then talk about what, Impact that had on them was that an activity they really enjoyed. Was that something that they felt relaxed in? So every element of what we were doing was teaching self-reg, even to our kids. So they it meant what we were doing.
0: And what's neat, and I'm going to ask you in a minute what were some of the places that they shared where they went and they found their 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 what was restorative for them. But what's really interesting, and for anybody listening. Once again, Kim is saying something that maybe you already do. Like she before we talked about the food at the staff meetings. Yes, many do that, but this is there's an intention to it. And here, what you what you shared is with the staff. First of all, you made it part of their last day, which is a lovely way to spend that day, right? You know, no, there's no uh flip charts or powerpoints or whatever, you know, you're 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 getting getting outside. But also it's asking you to think about what is truly restorative, like some things we think that. You mentioned yoga. I love yoga, but yoga is not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So being able to realize what, you know, for other people, it's a very different thing that they need for, for restoration. And then tying that back in to coming back to the school. So it, again, you might say, Oh, well, we offer skating to our kids. We offer choices, but are we doing it and framing it as, Hey, <laughs> you know, it's part of the, our balance. We, we, you know, we, we're, we're studying, we're doing whatever it is we're going to do for our learning. We have our social relationships. We have, you know, our, our physical needs that were being met. But a piece of this is also, I mean, it's actually a big piece in self is that we need this restoration. And when we can embed it into our days, it can make a really big difference mm-hmm. and impact down the road, some of those behaviors. So mm-hmm. intentional, intentional, it's really neat. So what were some of the, what were some of the places that they chose that were restorative?
1: Well, we were great. Our, our school, um, was near is near Lake Simcoe, so there were lots of water things some people went as as um close to at the end of our street was the lake so some people went there because there were rocks and picnic benches, and they went there because um and then the following year, people started going down there for their lunch when it was nice weather. Yay. Other people, there was a there was a place that had a labyrinth nearby, and some people knew, and so some some went there. Um, other people went over to the there was a complex that had a library and a skating rink, and so some people liked the library, some people liked the skating rink. Um, I'm trying to think of where else they went. They're quite creative in where they went and what they did.
0: Well, and um, I love even the awareness so that people people started going for, we all know, I should go outside for lunch. And then you're like, no, I really, I'll feel better, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I do that. Yeah. Do you yeah. know the difference between, I think you probably do, um, but just, uh, if not, I'll jump in, but the difference between the labyrinth and the maze?
1: Um, I did at one point because I went to a retreat at the same place, but I can't remember I, I can't it's remember it. I think really you're supposed to, you go certain um, places and, are, and stop at each. Well, you, you probably can explain better than me. It's,
0: well, I'll see if I can find the the study and link it here, but it's, it's really very self-reg. Um, and we have people that build that we, we've put, you know, made labyrinths ourselves. Um, you, and you can also do little finger labyrinths. There's little, there's all sorts of different ways to do it, but the difference between a labyrinth and a maze is in a maze there is um, a start and an in and an out. If you think about those big corn mazes, mm-hmm. right that that they're meant to scare you around Halloween, right when you go into mm-hmm. those um, that you don't know where the exit is. Where with a labyrinth, you you come out the same way that you came in. And the thinking uh, is that from a stress perspective, it's less. It it reduces the stress because you're not having that you know the people that do the mazes actually it's kind of a fun stress like the fun of the fear is it can be a really up up you know it can be an uplifting one for sure but it's energizing it would be activating the sympathetic system this is meant to be more of a calming and more of uh because you're you you know you go you come out the same way that you go in and that's why Mm -hmm. it's a it's in a lot of you know faith-based practices as well so yeah yeah Yeah. so it
1: was it was very fun um and, you know, when you do things like that, people will remember and they'll remember the point of, of it and how fun it was and the difference that it made. Um, and so when we were planning it for kids, these are the sort of things they were thinking about. And they were thinking about all kinds of great things, not just the swimming and, you know, hockey and skating and that kind of thing. It was like, OK, what maybe have they not tried that we could introduce to them so that they could could see, um, they can feel what it's like. And, um, we also introduced some mindfulness and we had mindful Mondays and, you know, some of the structures around the school, we changed as well. For example, we had, um, a gradual entry because a lot of our kids were having difficulty in lineups. So We tried the gradual entry. Again, it was a discussion. It was a visit to another school who did it to see. And when we started it, people couldn't believe how great it was. Um, and we played music. And some days it was upbeat music. On Mondays, it was mindfulness, mindful, quiet music. And um, it's funny, we all decided that we liked the more upbeat you know, happy starting <laughs> yeah, music rather than the, you know, soft, gentle spa like music. But, but we still, you know, did that we, we brought someone um, in to do yoga at lunchtime for kids, anybody who wanted to go and use the gym. And we always had a good crowd at that. And then we did um, taught them how to breathe and um, that kind of thing. And I, and, and body scans and, that kind of thing we did a different thing every week where we were we were teaching but um i thought that it would be the intermediate kids who would you know scoff at it not really want to do it and they loved it Neat. they're laying on the floor doing body scans and um you know trying different breathing and teaching little kids to do it, it was it was incredible and it just showed us that when you introduce things to kids um, and and you show them why how it works and how it's important um, so many of them would never have done that before and now they know that it's something that they really enjoy so that that was you know there were some things that were surprising to us that when we introduced them to our kids who are those rough and tough kind of kids that they loved it and um, and grabbed and 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 you know, we could see them using it in in the future.
0: How did you deal with you? You know, one question we often get um, all the time. You teach courses, so you you've heard it. Is there's a misunderstanding that self-reg is even somebody listening to you here mindfulness and you you know that it, it's soft somehow, which mm-hmm. is a myth. Everyone, it, it is a big myth, um, uh, but it definitely does change how you respond, and it's a very different way of looking at things. Um, but how did you deal with discipline? You know, when they, yeah. you, you, I mean, your office was probably a revolving door at the beginning. I don't mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how did you deal with some of the, the, the harder behaviors or mm-hmm. even the smaller behaviors that were getting sent to the office constantly? How did you, how did you deal with that sort of thing?
1: Well, the first thing that um, I did or I do whenever I have my own office is I, I have it as a, kids safe zone. It's comfortable. There's kids things in there. Um, I teach them how to use that, use it. And it becomes a safe and welcoming place to them where in the past it's been where they go to be in trouble. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that a kid who comes down, who's dysregulated, and you can tell, you know, they've just had all kinds of people Chirping away at them about why did you do that or what happened or whatever, I let them sit and I say, um, "I'm here when you're ready to talk and when it's good for you," and I and I just let them sit. I also offer. Um, I have a bin of things, so I have some coloring, um, I have some noise canceling headphones, I have some fidget tools that they can use, and I offer that. And within a short period of time, and I'm not lying, I would have. I would have kids coming to see me, or I could hear them starting to talk, and then I would go out because I would know that they were ready. They weren't in that fight, flight, or freeze uh, kind of situation. And I think that that was that's an important piece of it too: is that you can jump into all of these things and not get anywhere with it, and it raises your blood pressure and it makes the situation worse for the kids. I think it's really important. How did you
0: deal with? How did you deal with? If someone told you, well, that's going easy, they, you know, they they shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, punch somebody in the playground or they, whatever they did. Right. I think uh, what, and I would hear that all the time. I would talk
1: about what that kid needs. And even in small, in small moments, you can teach somebody about self reg they are not going to be able to hear me right now. So I'm going to let them sit for a minute. I will deal with it. I will follow up with you. And then go to them. And when you present it as this is what was happening to that kid. This is why they responded. It's not okay. They're going to spend time with me. I've called home. Um, mm-hmm. Then, And you spend time talking about um, this is what happened. It's like you're reframing for them. And they can start yeah. to see what's happening. I model self-reg all the time. So I model it with the staff, with the kids, and they see that even the toughest kid will I will be able to build a relationship with. Yeah. And yeah, when you see those easy. kind of when you see those kind of things happening, you're you're more likely to believe, okay, I'll I'll let this, you know, you see a kid settling. It's not that you're being soft on them. You're giving them what they need. And I think that that's what we're all about. When We're talking a lot about that these days. We're giving kids what they need. And what they need right now is a calm adult who's looking to find out what the problem is. And so rarely do I have to suspend, although I will if another student is injured. There are things that we have to do. And I tell kids that and I tell staff that. Um, I'm not afraid to do that. I don't think it does much, no matter what, but um, I will follow the rules. But my first and foremost job um, and and belief and value is that I'm there to take care of the kids. And sometimes that means saying, they're just going to spend the afternoon with me.
0: Yeah. And I, I love there's a lot of stuff that you've shared there and I share your view on suspensions, but I also, you know, I believe and you work within the w- within the rules you work within yeah. the education yeah. act or wherever the the wherever you are that you you work within them and if you think mm-hmm. they need to be changed advocate for change mm-hmm. right. but you know that that's that really is an important it is an important thing but I also think sometimes it's the right thing C- kids do need to go home because it's the right thing for them mm-hmm. too yeah. you know exactly. there are days it, yeah. it yes. is you know there is there's no learning going to happen today after that happened mm-hmm. and it's the right thing for you know so Uh, I heard a few things that you shared there. One thing that I've, I've, I've evolved in my, in my, my own um, experience is I I always struggled um, when I was a vice principal. So I I struggled, I worked, I tried really hard on the outside, but you know, whatever's going on on the inside seeps through Mm -hmm. when I would find teachers that were really hard on kids. And those were always the, the same teachers that wanted me to suspend and all those Things uh, I I could find my soft eyes for kids and and parents so a lot easier eas I- e- but the truth is when a when a teacher or anyone is saying but you just need to suspend but it you know what they're telling you is that um, they're stressed <laughs> you know <laughs> right. and it's and it's just I, I'm maxed and in my head the only solution is that you're going to suspend this kid, which is not, you know, because that's going to teach them when we know from the science, it it really doesn't. What it teaches is about power, it, you know, and again, this isn't not to say there's never days to go home and those things, but it, it, so it it can be a little bit more compassion. And what I heard from your answer was perfect, because any teacher that's feeling unsupported, because that's usually what goes hand in hand, you're not, you don't have my back, you're not supporting me. I've never heard that about you. But I've heard it in schools where I've gone Mm and they don't have my back. They they're not supporting me. They just let let everything go. Um, but you didn't do that. What, what you said was no, this is not okay. Um, you know they're not hearing me, so I'm not going soft. I'm waiting, you know, to, to mm-hmm. get them to be open to hearing me. Um, and and there's science behind that. You you do a lot. You would do a lot more of that in a, in a in a workshop or, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes at the start of a meeting, right? <laughs> Any of those sorts of things. But also, I will deal with it. I have called home. And it was very to the point. And I think oftentimes we think they really want you to suspend, but really they want to know you're dealing with this. And what you're saying is I am dealing with it and I've called home and this is what's happening. And then, and, and then, and then back, back to the day. And over time, as they see that, um, that approach, it starts to bring the temperature of the school down. Some you have, it doesn't solve everything. It won't, you know, it's ongoing, but it, you'll begin to see less and less referrals because that same child that's, that's treated with some dignity. And that's not the same as saying what you did is okay. It's not okay, yeah. but there's this dignity and respect. And we're going to work through, you know, whatever, however it is you resolve it is is a big part of it. Is there anything mm-hmm. you want to add to that? Cause I think the discipline topic, mm-hmm. and I think how you just framed how you're dealing with that. That's a very respectful way to deal with everybody involved.
1: Yeah. And I do go into the classroom to support in the classroom. So if we have a kid that's, you know, eloping all the time or throwing things all the time, I will go in and support in that way as well. But I think you're really right in saying that sometimes kids are at a point in their day where they are not going to recover. And so they need to go home. And that's often what I will say to parents, you know, they're at a point right now where they need a break, and everybody around them needs a break. So uh, they need to go home um and and i think that that's an okay thing to say um and and then what's really important is that the child knows that they're welcome back because sometimes okay. they can go and they've injured a teacher or you know they've done something that that warrants being sent home and they're they're nervous about coming back they're scared about coming back and i don't want them to feel that way a couple of years ago well uh, more than a couple of years ago now i guess before i retired um a A boy in grade two uh, hit me like used one of those swell water bottles as a bat and hit my elbow and like really injured me and then threw it through the window and smashed the window so he needed to go home but he also needed me to say it's going to be okay and I will see you when you're back because you know, he'd had this huge meltdown, trauma in his background. He didn't need more of it, even though this was not a good situation. Okay. But, you know, I think that if we want, if we want kids to um, know that we're their safe place and have a safe place, that can make a huge difference in their lives if they know that school is safe for them. And that's what we found all the time at our very challenging school is that our kids came. They were there. Yeah. And um, and they weren't always happy when they were there, but they knew this was their place. And that's what we wanted. I mean, we need these kids who are so traumatized from other aspects of their life to know that there is safety in the world. There is a place where you can find at least one person that will care for them and love them no matter what. And so we were determined to do that.
0: And, you know, this is, is also thinking of di- this is it's different from punishment. So, you know, that that's a really big piece of it. Like I of, I often, I'm not a big fan of suspensions. So even though it sounds, I want to mm-hmm. thread this back and make sure that that's, that that's like the, you know, no suspensions would be lovely, the less possible, you know, and, and again, falling within, within the, the regulations, mm-hmm. this is a little bit different. You know, it's that discipline is really meant to teach. And when we you know, I always find it fascinating The kids that you want to come to school, they come to school, they won't, like, they won't take their hat off when the adult says, that one drives me bonkers. The adult says you have to take your hat off, they don't, it, it gets a big thing, and then they get suspended. And mm-hmm. then you're like, you want why aren't they coming to school? <laughs> like, those yeah. sorts of things happen often, and this is, you know, it's a very different approach. It, there's a compassion in it. I, I had a, when I was teaching, I had a student named CJ. Um, I've told stories about CJ before, uh, you know, he, uh, he, I was a vice principal the year before and he was like top of the list at the school, you know, now he was in my, my classroom and he would do okay. Uh, a lot of real do really well. There was all kinds of stuff going on on with CJ, but I learned very quickly that whenever I wasn't there uh, he would do something that gets suspended. He would always got suspended when I wasn't there. And, and you know um, and, and so as a compassionate thing, and I wasn't there, not just, I wasn't missing a lot of time for sick, but you go for, you know, mm-hmm. PD stuff and there was di- meetings, there were different reasons I wouldn't be there. And he lived with his grandma and I, I started, I would just tell him, I would call grandma the day before I would say, mm-hmm. look, and she had the choice, like CJ was certainly welcome to come to school, but I would say, look, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I can put a little package together. I can help him when I come back, you know, and, and, and really it was a compassionate thing because for CJ, I was his anchor. I mean, I had to work on it being more than just me. And and it, it was all through relationship. You know, there were some consequences, but mo- mostly it was the like it honestly was the other end of things that he needed more than anything. He needed, you know, to feel safe, engaged. But he, there were all kinds of things that he needed. Um, but when I wasn't there, it, it would just... Uh, he, he would anybody that power struggled with him so that was one of the first things you learned that's not as a teacher is is mm-hmm. to not power struggle and anybody that would he would do something and he would always take it to the you know umph degree he'd throw things hurt kids like he would do things that would get him suspended and then he'd be out for days so it was a compassionate thing mm-hmm. and she she would keep him home any any i wasn't there and and you know, I would come back, he would be back really excited about school the next day I was back. And so mm-hmm. I do, you know, those are not easy things to put into a policy. <laughs> Sorry, policy people out mm-hmm. there. But it, it is kind of an interesting way of thinking, what does this child need? Yeah. You know, what do they need? What do they need? And what's best? What is best for the child right now? And we do it with the with the parents, with the caregivers, not to them, not to the child, it's with
1: and i think that that's um what self reg has made you, made us think about is that um there's all kinds of different things that we can do that kids need that that um they will benefit from and so why wouldn't why wouldn't we do that and when we speak to parents about um you know you might you know i'm not going to be there so these are the choices then they have the option of, of doing those things. But, you know, we might not have thought of those things before self-reg came yeah. along. So I think that it makes us, it pushes us just to, to stretch our thinking a little bit.
0: I really want to get, because there's some other examples, because yes. now in your retired years, so-called, mm-hmm. you've gone from school to school, each for little chunks of time, and you've had a mm-hmm. chance... You know, I know there's been all kinds of different experiences and just to, to get a, a few lessons that you've learned along the way, but I want to highlight something that I'm hearing from you. And it's, it just jumped right out as you're talking about how you, how you lead. And it's the five, the five look for's you know, it's these, it, it's how do you make people feel safe? So it's not magic words. I had somebody tell me the other day that they, they, they're not allowed to say you're okay. Now they have to say you're safe well it's not actually about those words right it, it it you see it in the actions it might include either one of those you know if i it, but it, it is that that's safe and you did that with your the teachers you're doing that with the kids and i can feel that you like the kids so those of you that can't see the video every time kim <laughs> tells a story about the kids you know the, you the big smile comes like you can just feel kids know when we like them and the ones who are the most challenging are the ones that need that the most. Mm -hmm. Rooted, like you're doing these things to create that sense of community and belonging, you know, allowing for different opinions. You talked early about um, the amazing ideas that came when you brought the team together and like you're genuinely there trying to figure things out. You're not there like you already have the answer and here's the group meeting where we're going to say we decided it Mm -hmm. together. No, it was really from, from your group. So you're doing these things Created belonging and a child that needs to go home. It's like no, you, I'm going to see you tomorrow, and I'm going to be happy to see you tomorrow. Those are all. That's all about rootedness. Mm-hmm. And then when we think about the balance, like I heard a number of things. I heard you talk about different rooms and spaces, focus on rest, rest. You know, the, the need for restoration. But I also heard you talk about laughter. Right. These are these are. This is a part of it too. Yes, it's about math and reading and all those things. But they, they're all interconnected. I heard you talk about um, if, if, with the staff in particular, um, really believing they were capable, you know, that you, you, those trust trusting them to have some of the answers, you know, not mm-hmm. everything were your answers to have they were had to come from from the staff, but you had to believe, you know, and really trusting that in, in some of their ideas and like you talked about the the various support staff in the beginning you know, trusting them for the solutions and that they were capable. Like you had all of those, those sort of ideas of how you, you know, you build, we call it a haven, but how you build, it's really a a school culture around that. So um, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) I would like to be in your school.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and I think I love it. So it's, it's a nice thing to be able to do, but, and then being retired and going to different schools, I'm, I'm, I've lost count of how many I've been to, but being able to um, model self-reg and then teach people about it, because somebody will always ask me about it and I'll say, well, this is what I do and why I do it. And would you like to learn? And so um, I do, do I, the school I was at last year, I did um, a workshop all day and had three different groups. We had 18 people. Come, choose to come and and um, participate and then that same number are going to be doing a book study on um, the self-reg handbook so um, and then the school that I'm at now because there's such a um, concern about behavior I started teaching about self-reg at the staff meeting so the first part was the science behind it and I had them go off and um, think about their own Uh, stressors and that kind of thing and come back today having read um an article and um and consider their own stressors and then today went into the whole process and talking about that and sending them off with homework to reframe (laughs) you know let's try and reframe and um and they love it they love it the discussion everywhere i go they people are are so excited about this grabbing it uh, running with it coming and talking to me about it um, doing their own research like how exciting is that
0: that Uh, you want
1: to teach something or something is is a huge passion of yours and the next thing you know there's 10 more people that want to really learn about it and are willing to try it out and it's, it's just amazing that no matter where I go or what, what, um, and then one of my schools from a couple of years ago, they do a wellness camp and they asked me to go and present about self-reg. And so, um, now I'm doing things with kids. I was doing things with parents and now doing things with kids. So, um, you know, it's an amazing way to spread the word, not only to share the learning, but to model it as well. Um, and,
0: yeah. It's, I think the only time. Do you, ever face, do you ever face resistance? Like, do you ever, you know, it? I'm just imagining somebody that's listening saying, yeah, you come into my school, <laughs> right? right. Or, you know, then there are some, there are yeah. some, not every school, every school is different and some are more challenging for all kinds of different mm-hmm. reasons.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. um, I think that what it de- what happens is that it takes longer for some people to buy into the no punitive stuff. Um, okay. You know, how are you going to change behavior if they're not being punished? But then you okay. share the science and you share. I mean, I have a million stories, and then they start seeing their most challenging kids hanging out with me or hugging me on the playground, and and they start okay. to, you know, I can I can tell that they're thinking about it. Um, yeah. And it may take longer for some people rather than others, but it still works. It works. Um, Can you and, tell us a
0: magical a story about a, a child? Was there a magical, you know, just one of those years yeah. that you're talking about one of these really tough kids. Can you tell us a tough kid story?
1: Yeah. Um, I had a school that I was in before I retired We had a social adjustment class. So that's where kids are grouped because they're identified as having significant behavior problems. We had a little guy in there and um, he was, he couldn't read, he couldn't write. His parents had addiction problems. I think his dad might've been in prison, Um, but there were some really significant problems. And um, one day it was Valentine's day. I will never forget this. Um, i And it's funny because, um, I had really wanted this red sweatshirt from roots and it had this big fuzzy white heart on it. And I, and I bought it and saved it, wore it that day. And that day, um, our friend decided that he was done with life and he was going to kill himself. And so he sat on, and he was only about 10 at the time. He sat on the banister of our foyer and it was high enough that if you know he would have at furious. least severely injured himself if, if not worse and um we had we had built up a really positive relationship with him but life was hard and so he was yeah. done and he was going to jump off this railing and the cyw who was who was very into self-reg And myself, we were there and talking to him. We had called, had the secretary call 911. The police came up the stairs and the CYW and I were talking to him. And I said to him, "Um, I know things are really hard, but we love you so much. We couldn't imagine being without you, please come over. And he just did that little bit of leaning towards me. And I took a step and held on to him and pulled him off the banister. And it was, this was a kid who was cursing and swearing and spitting and Hitting and doing all of those kind of things earlier in the year, and yet this was one of the worst days for him. And he still responded to us saying, We love you, we can't imagine being without you. And the police officer standing behind me said, I don't know why you called me, you didn't need me. (laughs) And you know, it was just, yeah, it was, um, it was, we put him in the ambulance, and the CYW, um, and another support staff followed him to the hospital and I sat in my office and cried and it was just I mean that's 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 a huge story but the fact that he knew that we loved him um, yeah. really made an impact on us I'd never worn the sweatshirt again yeah. <laughs> but and and his classroom teacher, And the CYW and I, we haven't worked together for a while. We text each other every Valentine's Day to say, remember that day? How are you? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it was just such um, something that just had such a huge impact on all of us. But we knew that we had shown him enough love
0: that. I I love that, that. I mean, I've got, I'm sure other people have have goosebumps from that. I've never heard that story before. Mm-hmm. That's a big, that's a big one. And just the power of love. And we're, we're sometimes afraid somewhere along the line was said that we're not allowed to say we love, you know, yeah. in schools. Love, love her. yeah, No, that making someone feel loved. And a child feel loved and, you know, he needed
1: that he needed it. And he knew that we meant it, which is really important that That we had. And, you know, this is a social adjustment class where the kids are suspended more often than they're there. We didn't do that. We, we changed the way the classroom was. So we had a a lounge for them. We had snacks for them. We had uh, music and pretty lights and all those kind of things. We completely changed their environment and then we changed how we how they were treated, um, right? And it had a huge impact.
0: Right, huge impact. And just making an example. You spend, yeah, if you're spending 190 whatever days a year in a space, it should feel like a good space, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we with some of these things we think of as external, they're not. They're you know the environment mm-hmm. matters. Think about. I showed you, I just put my pictures, I think I've put them up too high, but <laughs> I've just moved, uh, you know, in the room that, that I'm in, for those of you just listening to the audio, I'm just pointing to some some pictures from an artist that uh, I haven't even got them framed yet. I, I just love, I love them. They're a couple of paintings um, from no. an East Coast artist. Uh, but, it, you know, thinking about the things we put in our space, well, it's no different for, for kids, mm-hmm. you know, it really is. If they've got to spend all that time in a year in a school space, it should feel like their own.
1: Mm-hmm. right? And
0: then treated yeah. with dignity, no matter what, no and, matter and what. And
1: kids who are coming from, you know, some of those kids were living in the hotel down the road. So, you know, mm-hmm. being conscious of that and really thinking, what do these kids need? They don't need somebody um, telling them what to do all the time. They need somebody modeling how to treat people and how to mm-hmm. learn. Um, and so that's, that's how we staffed it, but that's also how we, um, we modeled yeah, in the, in the school.
0: Love it. So I'm going to give, I'm going to let you have the last word, but before I do, you know, any final word, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with people, I have to ask you one question that I honestly don't know the answer to, Kim. Actually, I don't know the answer to any of the, the questions I've asked you. So ever, I have never seen you or, or in any way, even the slightest do you always come across calm, cool, <laughs> collected, you know, we're human. I think you've seen me frazzled. I've had those, I get the moments I get all, all, I get very, uh, very wound up. I get a bit manic sometimes, you know. Um, Are you always calm? Are you always um, sort of really level when you're I think if I,
1: if I brought my husband up here he might have something to say about that but <laughs> I have to fun. say yeah but I have to say that at school I yes I am calm I I mean I I'm confident about what I do and how I do it and I'm passionate about it and I'm experienced so yeah. all of those things together allow me to, I used to say, Oh, I've seen it all. No, I have not seen it all. Um, yeah. but I know that I can manage enough. And I think that the school that I'm in right now is very, is very dysregulated. And if I'm not the one that's regulated, then it will continue to stay oh, that ooh. way. Yeah, so yeah. if I am calm and, um, confident then those around me will feel that way and generally I do feel that way you know what there's
0: not so what do you do for your own self-reg what do you do to keep that balance
1: well I learn about self-reg that that's part <laughs> of, of what I reframe my own behavior constantly why am I doing yeah. that why am I feeling that why am I thinking that and then can but I'm a big reader I love to read and um, I read great books all the time I have a wonderful network of friends and um and I think those are you know things I'd love to say that I run and I don't I don't yeah (laughs) But, but um I have enough things that like I came in here to I'm in my office and my office is decorated in a really light pink and and it's just beautiful for me and I have my candle going so you know it's just sometimes little things like a really nice candle that you know um so yeah I'm I am pretty calm most of the time but just don't talk to my husband or my son
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's lovely well I'm just it's an opportunity so thank you first of all on behalf of everyone listening I'm sure everybody took something away from that you know, got to know you a little bit better. I'm very thankful that you have been 24 years working with with kids and other colleagues. I I can only imagine the difference you've made in all those years. Mm -hmm. It's actually 35 years as an educator,
1: but 24 as a principal, so.
0: Oh, so I messed up my numbers in the beginning, so it's even more. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. It It really, you know, it really is. Yeah, I'm coming on, I, I think I'm at 25 about or so in education, but. Well, what would that, you like to leave folks with? So just a chance to say a final word, any sort of words of wisdom or any final thoughts. Mm. There's no right or wrong way to end off our show, but the last word is yours.
1: Mm. Well, thank you for having me. It's nice to spend time with you, but it's also self-right really is a passion. And I, I honestly tell people it's changed me personally and professionally. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm very fortunate to have landed in a career where every day I feel like I can make a difference positively with people. And so really that's my goal. Um, but what I take away from it is so much more and, um, I'm thankful for that. But self-reg has been a really, really important part of my growth. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you, Kim Smith. And folks, please share this podcast so that it can reach new audiences. We welcome your comments. We'd love to hear from you. I'll make sure that any we get, we'll go go to Kim. So if you have any questions, please uh, Mm -hmm. feel free to throw those into into the comment area wherever you're watching your podcast. Thank you, Kim. Good night. Good night. Take care.